Warning, great marriage advice ahead. Marriage on the Rocks is not a licensed marriage counseling service. Our opinions and methods work for us, so your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 13th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion, and this week we decided to... Do two. <laughs> <laughs> to change it up a little bit and have a shot before... <clears throat> Before our actual drink, um, what was the shot called? It's a called a fire candy shot. Fire so candy. it's got um, pretty much equal parts uh, tequila, peach schnapps, and watermelon vodka. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And then with a dash of Cholula. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there's like a Mexican good. candy shot, but it's a little different. This is a fire candy shot. It kind of tastes like a Mexican candy, though. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Uh-huh. I, I liked it. Um, but then our actual oh, drink drink, is the, if you can't tell by the color, yeah, the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk. Uh-huh. Um, now we're sporting Superman and Wonder Woman shirts, so yeah. we're not representing Marvel very well today. <laughs> no, not but, at all. Um, the, yeah, the Incredible Hulk. It's equal parts um, hypnotic, Hennessy, and pineapple juice. Oh, yeah, pineapple juice. And uh-huh. then you get this really cool Incredible Hulk green. Mm-hmm. Uh, color and mix. It's I haven't tried it yet. Mm. Mm, yeah. Ooh, that is pretty good. It is good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, um, that's a good summer. Yeah. Because the pineapple juice, it's a good yeah, summer drink. Yeah, I like that. And well, you kind of have to say um, what you used to call hypnotic. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, when I, when hypnotic first came out, I didn't know how to pronounce it. I thought it was this exotic. I mean, it says it's from France and everything. So I used to call it hypnotique. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's how you're supposed to say it. That's you know? funny. Because yeah. you see all the all the alcohol that, you know, phonetically it's supposed to be pronounced different. So uh-huh. I just thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring a bottle of Hypnotique to the party. <laughs> and I'll be, I'll be all suave and cool. Suave. Yeah, yeah. It's hypnotic. <laughs> nice. Um, so last week we talked about social media and relationships. Yep. Um, pretty good episode, I thought. Yeah, it was fun. And I th- we said last week, we... We could talk about that a lot more. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to social media and relationships, so we may do a, a part two at some point in time in the yeah. future because oh, there was still yeah. plenty to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week we decided to talk about if you're with a loser. Yep. <laughs> um, I think that, I really think that this episode is going to be a little harsh <laughs> and mean and maybe a bit... It could come off a bit judgmental. Right. Yeah, I think that that's... Anytime you're you're using even just the term of you're a loser or you're with a loser or you're acting like a loser, that's, that's pretty painful to be on the receiving end of that. So I don't know personally how people will take it, and especially as we talk about it. And, you know, if somebody's listening or watching and being like... Ugh, why well, do all of that? I know. And it's, you know, it's, it's hard not to take it personally, and, and maybe you should take it personally, but it's not, there, there's not really an offense intended behind it, but mm-hmm. it was, we wanted to talk about it because it, it is worth discussing. And it's, yeah. I don't know if you'd say it's a problem that people have, but it's something that, you know, is very common out there uh-huh. on some level or another. I know. I, well, I was, when we were talking about it, like getting ready, and everything, I was like, there's really no nice way to to put right. all of this. Mm-hmm. And if we were, if we didn't want to be real with you, we wouldn't do this episode. Yeah, yeah the nicest avenue would have been to not talk about yeah. it at all. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, which, that's fine. So I just mean, a, a fair warning. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, you, if you're already thinking, oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm with a loser. This is going to be rough. You may want to turn it off. I, mean, I don't really suggest that because I think you should hear what we have to say about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, fair warning that it's, it may sting a little, especially if, if you're a loser or, or with you're with loser. that loser. Uh-huh. Um, so. Yeah. So as we were getting ready for this episode, we were just kind of discussing the, uh, the absolute loser like no brainer oh yeah. yeah that's a freaking loser yeah, well done blatant kind uh-huh. of a few that are just most definitely these are qualities of of people you should steer clear of and shouldn't be in a relationship with in any way shape or form yeah no what yeah not 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 just romantically yeah, but you should right. probably stay away from these type of people 
Period. Yeah. Um, and a couple, let's see, um, a drug addict yeah. or an alcoholic right. is definitely one of them. And, and we don't mean former. And we don't mean no. reformed. Yeah. We don't mean people that are you know, currently recovering. Mm-hmm. We're talking about um, you know, those that don't want help and tend to weigh everyone else around them down uh-huh. um, and it becomes your own well-being ends up suffering and your mental health and your own strength strengths and things like that suffer because this person is just sucking every bit of joy in life out of you mm-hmm. um, that is a prime example of a toxic relationship yeah. and like you said not even romantically I mean this could be uh-huh. a friend a family member and sometimes you, you don't want to feel like you're abandoning uh-huh. that person um I know and, that's that's the yeah the and so that that's a that's that. a tough decision to mm-hmm. make but um, <clears throat> if you're if you're new even if you look at it romantically if you're starting off in a new relationship and you realize pretty early on that they're codependent on drugs or alcohol that is a hit huge the brakes and turn around red flag yeah um, and, and, and don't try to. To fix them. <laughs> yeah. And, and once again, I think that there's, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you were married 15 years and you found out your partner was addicted to cocaine, we're not saying time to bounce. Mm-hmm. Um, that's different. But it's, it's. I think you could look at it as a warning sign or a red flag. And, and if you haven't committed to the point that you're not married, mm-hmm. you know. Thank God. Yeah, thank yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, you were there. That's yeah. where you were at. You you were engaged, but you weren't married. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, you have, sometimes you have to make the decision that's best for yourself. Yeah. And, and yeah, drug addicts and alcoholics, um, drug dealers. Yeah. Too. Drug dealers oh is another gosh. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. That would be a good blatant, you know, steer clear of this. You don't want to get involved in that at all. Yeah. At all. Um, liars. Yeah. Liars. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people tell white lies or minimal lies or things like that. I don't think lying on any level is appropriate. But you you have those that you know are pathological liars, mm-hmm. um, and they lie about crap that they don't have to lie about. Um, so if you find yourself in that, and I think sometimes we we dismiss certain people's lies because it's convenient, or we think, well, it's not really hurting anybody, or mm-hmm. I understand why they told that lie, and and I think that there there may be some reasonable argument and debate behind some of that, but. Right. If, if you have, if you're with a partner that's like, oh well, um, you know, this was going on at work, but I, I, I said this to get out of it, and and it's those little, it's not just the big major lies. I think those are very blatant, but mm-hmm. the continual little white lies and fibs and things like that. Stuff that you don't even have to lie about. Yeah, who cares? Why even bring it up? Um, that's a pretty good sign that you know you need to get, get out of that. Yeah, and stay away from those type of people. Once again, on every surface of a relationship. Right. Uh huh. Yeah, not just romantically, again. Mm-hmm. Um, another, I mean, I guess it goes hand in hand with uh, with the drug dealer, but yeah. criminals. Criminals, yeah. Um, and, and once again, we're not talking about the, the reformed criminal that got pinched or busted back in the day for something and has now turned their life around and they're, you know, an example of an upstanding citizen and contribute to society and are a, a good person and they, you know, got misguided and found their path. Um, you know, we're referring to people that are they're active criminals or actively serving a sentence for something that was a criminal act. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that that, you know, we will talk about it kind of as we go through, but, you know, you see people in those fixer-upper relationships that feel that they, you know, they need to be with those people for whatever reason that probably shouldn't count. Yeah. Um, but I mean that's that's another huge weight that's going to hold you down and hold you back and um, keep you from either being the best partner you can be or even the best overall person you can be. Uh, and so you know, being with somebody that's you know a criminal, active criminal in prison, an inmate, you, why are you even wasting your time yeah. on those type of people or that relationship? Uh-huh. Um, especially if they're guilty for whatever it is that they were accused of. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, there's some reasonable debate within not everybody behind bars did what they said they did. They mm-hmm. probably put themselves in a situation where that it was, wasn't very good. Yeah, it wasn't good. And they mm-hmm. were association wise mm-hmm. guilty, at least at that point. But, um, yeah, that's, that, that's another example of a toxic type of individual. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately, 
most people that go down that path and find themselves in that situation don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. It continually, it becomes a repetitive behavior. Right. Uh, most people don't serve just one sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, once they remember how long that first one is, they get out, they make the same type of stupid decisions again out yeah. of survival mode or they don't know any better or they aren't as reformed as we thought or they may feel they don't have another option. Uh-huh. Um, and the, all the people closest to them suffer. Well, and all the, the and they deal with like they can't deal with normal life mm-hmm. sometimes once they do get out. Yeah. Yeah, the transition is just too tough. Yeah. Um because society doesn't shine up on those mm-hmm. people. <laughs> we don't we don't welcome them back with open arms. Yeah. And, and sometimes for very good reason, uh-huh. but others because just of the stigma and stereotype that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um you've violated a massive trust that you unfortunately have to work very very hard to earn back. Mhm. And it takes a lot of time. Yeah, so. it does. Um, so I, I guess those are things that are no-brainer. Stay away from those people. Um, and if you do find yourself in in that type of situation, just at least try to get out or do... Yeah. or <laughs> Re-examine why you're there in the first place. Uh-huh. What what led you down the path to be with that person? What What decision and partner visibility did you have that said yeah this is a good catch Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know what what argument you bring to the table that says that type of person is a good catch or a worthy partner in any way shape or form Uh if they're a a liar an addict and a criminal i mean that's Uh (laughs) you're gonna have a very hard time convincing me that you picked a good one well you know and i guess coming from a, a relationship that i was with an addict and an alcoholic um, it was, it was hard to, I guess, realize even that you, it, it's hard to realize that you're with a loser mm-hmm. and it's, um, I guess hard to admit. Well, and the more people try to point it out, the more resistant you get. Uh-huh. And if people are like, why are you wasting your time with them? You, it's almost like you inadvertently just dig your heels in that much more and try to come up with more and more reasons and excuses as to why you should be with that person. Mm -hmm. Instead of just looking at the facts with a complete common sense perspective and saying, this is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my energy. And this is not good for anybody involved. Yeah. And and a lot of us are like that. When somebody Mm -hmm. tells you not to do something, you're going to do it anyway. I know. Yeah. And people tend to think when they find themselves in those situations that they're the 1% that's going to work out. I know. And that's another thing to get to get over. People somehow romanticize these unhealthy, idiotic, you know, dead in relationships like it's some, you know, fable tale from Shakespeare of true love mm-hmm. of dealing with somebody that's addicted to drugs or somebody that, you know, is, you know, behind bars or whatever that is that you know, this is the tell. This is a love story for the ages. And it's like, no, it's not. You're, mm-hmm. It's not. You, you aren't. You're not in this uber special relationship that you're gonna end up on the other side being like, I am so glad I wasted my time <laughs> doing I this. Know. Um, and that's just you know, statistically, uh-huh. you're wasting your time. Right. Yeah. And you're missing out. And the partner that could be right for you has passed you by because you're, you know. Spending your time and efforts on yeah. a dead end relationship. I know. Well, and I, I I see that, and but then like I, for and thankfully that I got out of the the bad right. situation and and left the quote unquote loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but I guess um, everything like leading me up to I I don't I don't regret being with that person because it taught me all of my. Right. Yeah, you learned a lot. Yeah, I learned so much from from the whole experience, and you know, to to where I am now, I guess maybe I can appreciate it more. But I'm not saying that everyone needs to <laughs> to go through the bad to get to the good. Right. Just take our advice because we've been there. Yeah, it's the it's the hot stove theory. You can tell somebody oh, that stove is hot. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And unfortunately, ninety five percent of people are like. Bullshit, I'm going to touch it anyway. <laughs> oh, God, that burned. That was hot. And yeah. it's like, well, I told you so. Uh-huh. And, and we end up choosing to learn the hard way. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, we put ourselves through pain that we don't have to. And, and not all advice is good advice. And I'm not saying everything that we say, we is, say is the best yeah. advice either. Right. It works for us. Like we state say. clearly. Uh-huh. Um, 
But you know, I think you need to just take a common sense approach to that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Listen to your gut. Yeah, not your heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. That's that's a good one. <laughs> um, but some of the other things that like you wouldn't necessarily say were would be you wouldn't automatically think that this person would be a loser. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, some qualities. Yeah, there's some more. I don't know if I'd say subtle, but there are characteristics. Yeah. Of individuals that I'm not saying that one or two or three of these means. Oh man, you're with the worst loser in the world. Uh-huh. It's just common themes that you typically see in non-winners and losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one of them is. Multiple kids from different people. Right. Well, and it's funny because when you and I talked about this, we, we realized that a lot... When you say, are you with a loser? Most of the the people that when you ask that, it's the woman evaluating the guy. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I do it too. Uh-huh. I, I don't... It's different and odd for me to label a woman a loser. Uh-huh. And it's not a a... You know, I'm I'm a feminist at heart or anything like that by any stretch of imagination. But I don't know why my brain associates that when you talk about a loser, you're usually talking about a guy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some double standards in there. But I think that when you look at multiple kids by multiple partners, that applies to both sexes, right? Right off the bat, yes. Um, if you're if you're with a woman that is bringing multiple kids from multiple relationships to the table, there's a reason why that she... nobody stuck around. Yeah. <laughs> And Uh if you're with a guy that was, you know, with three women and had multiple kids by three different women and they're coming to the table, I don't know, once again, you don't have a catch. Mm -hmm. This isn't your soulmate. This, you know, that's what the other three women probably thought as well. Yeah. Um, And in some cases, some of them still think that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's, that is a huge sign of lack of responsibility. Yeah. Lack of commitment. Complete immaturity, uh-huh. uh, and and that's you know that's a pretty good sign that you know that's, that may not be the best winner out there. Right. Well, I think that one thing that bugs me, um, I guess going back to social media too, mm-hmm. <laughs> is women bagging on their ex loser um, partner that they had the a kid with, up, yeah. or, you know, and. They're, you know, just complaining about them, like, what a piece of shit. Every Father's Day, when the mother wants the Father's Day recognition because she made the dumbass decision to get knocked up by a loser, and now it's his fault. Yeah, yes. (laughs) And and it's like, I guess, to be fair, you know, maybe she didn't know he was a loser to begin with. Right. But (laughs) I, I just don't think that you should complain about that guy being so much of a loser yeah. when you were the one that chose that freaking loser right. in the first place. At some point in time, you chose to have some kind of sexual relationship mm-hmm. with this loser. And you know, that's a pretty tough consequence to have, to end up stuck with a child that you mm-hmm. didn't want from this individual. But Not you know. to say that the child is... Because <clears throat> I, I know that most people would be like... Would say... You know that the child are the, these kids were the best thing that came out of the relationship, right? You know, so I mean, you still shouldn't use kids as a silver lining, though. I know. I think that's unfair. That's I think that's just kind of a cliche thing that people say. Mm-hmm. Like I regret that. But I'm so glad I had my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm talking about the you know the one night stand loser or the temporary short term relationship where you were just an idiot and you ended uh-huh. up getting pregnant like that. I don't mean like a a marriage where a child came into that marriage uh-huh. and then you split up. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. 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 I, but I just hear, I, I see that. Yeah. That, that bagging on uh-huh. the, the person and, uh-huh. and not to let them off the hook because there's some real irresponsible shitty men out there that have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, two women and girls that are of an impressionable age and they get wooed and the guy is fake. So I think that there is, I don't know if I'd say an excuse, but I think that there is reasonable debate that I was 17, 18 years old. I fell for a guy that offered me and promised me the world and took advantage of me um, mentally and physically. And then I, you know, had this child, which 
once again, typically would say I don't regret having the child, mm-hmm. but I thought I, I didn't think I was making a bad decision mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I thought they would be here for me. I didn't realize. And, and we find out that guys have knocked up girls, and the girl didn't know he had already knocked up two other girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially working in healthcare, we saw dudes that had multiple women pregnant at the same time. I know. And, I mean, you work in a mom-baby unit for any period of time, and you're going to see the weirdest drama dynamics oh of people getting knocked up by the yeah. wrong people all the time. And you're mm-hmm. like, how Did the hell happen? did this happen? Yeah. Um, and there's always more to the story than we know. Oh, yeah. So we, we do uh-huh. tend to kind of get judgmental with that. Yeah, but, I know. You know. Um, I know. Well, I guess that brings up another uh, no-brainer one would be someone that is abusive, too. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about yeah. that in the no-brainer. If somebody that's verbally and physically abusive, uh-huh. yeah, that's you're not going to change that behavior. No, and sometimes that There's, is, that there's one certain is. things that happen that too little too late. There's no recovering from that. Uh-huh. That one is an absolute get yeah. out. Look, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. There's no trying to to save that. Right. Period. Well, and I think people people discount verbal abuse. Uh huh. People are like, oh, you know, sticks and stones, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, I mean, you you shouldn't argue with somebody and threaten them or belittle them or call them names or, um, you know, come at them from a vulgar verbal abuse place that's Mm -hmm. that is 100% uncalled for Mm -hmm. and unfortunately we tend to make the mistake of almost mimicking our partnerships if we're with somebody that's verbally abusive then our next relationship they're verbally abusive as well and Mm -hmm. so we think that's the norm I know and it's like oh people do fight like that people call each other names people scream each other people punch their fists through walls people in is that normal? I don't know. Maybe it is normal. Maybe more people do that than I think they do, but it doesn't mean it's right. No. And you shouldn't be in a relationship where that's the way that you argue. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we've talked about how you know transparent we are with we don't fight and we don't argue. Uh-huh. Um, but even in my previous relationships, I was never I never called the woman any type of name at all. I never attacked her 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 mind, her body, her mental status. I never said anything that. I would have regretted saying. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself with somebody that is always saying things I'm and crossing that line and apologizing uh-huh. and saying, I didn't mean what I said. Uh-huh. Now, we all let stuff slip sometimes, and it's okay to feel remorseful and regretful for it and sincerely apologize for mm-hmm. it. But if this is a, a pattern of behavior mm-hmm. of somebody always screaming at you, yelling at you, punching a hole in the wall, and then apologizing for it, you know, even some of the stuff I teach, you know, people apologize. To be released of guilt, not because they're sorry. Yeah. And so when somebody says, "Oh, I'm sorry for blowing up and and calling you a you know a fat lazy pig," and you're like, "It's okay," then you just condone. It's not you, okay. Yeah, you just condone their behavior, and they're like, "Okay, well, I can do this again, and uh-huh. I'll just have to say I'm sorry, and I can get away with it." Uh huh. Um, so you have to put a stop to it. Yes. And yeah, don't don't say it's okay. Say thank you. I appreciate the apology. Yeah. Don't let that happen. Don't. Again. Ha- yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess going back into the, um, other kind of characteristics. Yeah. And um, well, we, we talked about financial independence before. And yeah. We've talked about finance stuff, but I think when you look at, you know, the financial piece and somebody that, you know, is a quote unquote loser, um, we're not talking about the person that's hit a speed bump and lost their job and is trying to get back on their feet. We're talking about those people that, you know, just completely mismanage money all the time. They they don't whether they have a good job or a crappy job, they're always broke. Mm-hmm. Um, that they are willingly, because of their spending habits, living paycheck to paycheck, not out of survival, mm-hmm. but because they have to have the newest shoes, they have to have the nicest car, they have to have all these materialistic things that they don't need, and they confuse wants and needs, and choose the wants over the needs every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. Somebody that has once again developed, and I think most of these are are pattern. It's 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 continual and habitual um, abuse of these or or showing of these characteristics. It's not somebody that every once in a while makes a boneheaded decision. It's mm-hmm. somebody that is continually doing those things. Um, that's you know financial issues of people that rely on the safety net. Not just that the safety net's there. I think a lot of people have. Have, have parents or family or friends that would help them out in a time of need. And that is a safety net, but I'm not saying having that makes you a loser. Yeah. I'm saying that 
you continually rely on that mm-hmm. to bail you out and to help you Every out. Every single time. Yeah, and you look at it and you're like, okay, this could be a good decision or a bad decision. If it is a bad decision, at least my at least my brother will loan me money to help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you tend to see those behaviors with some of the blatant stuff we talked about. It's people that lie. It's people that are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's people that just continually make bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and their finances, you know... Are, are reflective of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I guess um, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with finances, but having a good job, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, not necessarily... A steady job. Yeah, a steady job. And not and being able to keep a job. Right. Uh-huh. I, I, when you look at employment, and once again, it's not that... You know, you've been laid off or mm-hmm. whatever happened and now you're trying to find a job. It's not that you're in that transition phase it, or transition phase. It's those people that are always looking for a job. Mm-hmm. They can't seem to find a good job. They can't keep, seem to keep it when they get it for whatever reason. They either fake it till they make it on the resume. Excuse yeah, me. well, and you see people, you see people like that that do get good jobs. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the hell? How did you... How did you land this job? And then you find out two months later that they lost it. Yeah, they lost it because they lied on their resume. Yeah, or something. Right. Um, It catches up with you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people get exposed for their lack of skill and all that, and and that's the end of it. But And then you look at those that the jobs they have are... you got to be careful saying this is a good job and this is a bad job. But I know. If you're 35 years old and you're doing the job that you could have done when you were 16 years old, you need to reevaluate you know, your skills. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that's not to say like, if you like my first job was at a grocery store, right. You know, and if you still work at a grocery store and you've mo- made your way up to the top, you know, right. and, and it, are the manager of, yeah. you know, grocery department or whatever. I mean, you know, if you got fired different. from flipping burgers at Wendy's and you got fired from flipping burgers, flipping burgers at Burger King, you got fired from flipping burgers at McDonald's. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's not that taking a job that that society may frown upon or be like, oh, that's beneath me. That's There's nothing losery about doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a word. Losery? But, yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's something that you do and that's necessary. And I think that if you – I mean, I've, I got laid off and was without a job for seven months. And I would have proudly – Worked at McDonald's or Taco Bell or anywhere because I needed a job. Yeah. And I was doing whatever I needed to do to earn some kind of money. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're talking about. It's Well, it's, and you you ended up getting a job, with, you know, where yeah. you initially, you didn't want to yeah, it was, dress I up Yeah, I felt very demeaning guard. and yeah. had to wear an outfit and carry a walkie-talkie. I mean, it was a very, very humbling experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we have to do that. Because when you hit rock bottom, you, that's the first step of crawling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, once again, that's not what we're talking about. We're mm-hmm. talking about those that you... That's the only job you get, and that's the only ones you're applying for because you're completely content and happy with doing that. And you're not... You don't have any ambition to be more or try to make more out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. Um, just someone's personal character mm-hmm. with um with being with a loser a loser loser type i guess they should not have i don't know i can't even well i think it, it kind of is reflective of what we talked about with the what are you bringing to the table mm-hmm. um and i kind of just mentioned a little bit but i think the drive the mm-hmm. ambition the determination uh, things like that, you know, your your overall character mm-hmm. or lack thereof is right. very reflective of um, what you have and what you don't. And sometimes when when you look at winners and losers, you can do the same thing for successful and unsuccessful people, mm-hmm. and and look at you know somebody that's very hardworking, that's driven, that you know has made it from the bottom to the top, and how did they do it mm-hmm. instead of you're just always at the bottom mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You're just always at the bottom. And, you know, we've seen people that were offered opportunities to make more of themselves or um, presented the opportunity to, you know, have a better career path. And the fear of more responsibility was just too daunting that they were like, no, I'm, I'm 
completely happy being at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, and that goes to the drive and ambition. Mm-hmm. And if, if you aren't looking down the path of what improvements you want to be at, you know, two years, three years, five years, ten years down the road, um, and we all don't know what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. but you can still have a plan and a goal of yeah. what you want to do. And if you aren't chasing that goal, nobody sets out and says, my goal is to flip burgers at McDonald's forever. Mm-hmm. That should not be anybody's goal. Sometimes that is a temporary solution mm-hmm. for a greater goal that you're working at, and that's a step you have to take. Well, and even like going back to the you know job that you, get, you can get when mm-hmm. you're 16 years old, a 16-year-old... Is like heck yeah, <laughs> I got. Right. I'm. I, I don't care if I'm flipping burgers. I'm making money. Yeah, you know. Right. But someone that's in their thirties or forties mm-hmm. shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't feel that happy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, and it was it was one of those things when when I lost my job. I, like I said, I would have been happy to work at McDonald's flipping burgers, mm-hmm. but I would have known going in there, within a year, I'm going to be the manager of this McDonald's, mm-hmm. not. Well, I'll flip burgers as long as or burgers as long as they'll allow me to, and, uh-huh. and I'll just keep doing this and punch in my time and just be pay, a brick in the wall. Pay the bills, yeah, just to pay the uh-huh. bills. I mean, you you should have more aspirations. People that don't have goals and aspirations and those characteristics are tend to fall on the you know not winning side of life, mm-hmm. and then they don't know why. Yeah, they're not sure what happened. Right. I think another one that goes kind of along with all of this is resilience. Mm-hmm. And just, I guess, having, being able to, to get yourself out of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how quickly do you bounce back? Yeah. Um, And not, and I guess quickly may be the the wrong term, but how effectively do you bounce back? Uh You may not be able to put a timeline on it, but um, are you attempting to bounce back? You know, it's one of those, you know. Whenever you get knocked off the horse, are you standing up, brushing yourself back on and climbing back on? Or do you lay there and let the horse run away and you whine and cry and complain about laying there on the ground covered in dirt? Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing? I mean, we all face issues. We all have advers- or adver. What am I looking for? Um, uh, oh, my gosh. What's the word am I trying to say? Oh, <laughs> uh, I... Uh, I have no idea. Almost, it's not adversary, is it? No. What I am I looking so. for? I don't know. Anyway, we face obstacles. <laughs> Adversity. My, I was like hitting around. The Incredible Hulk is smashing me. Hulk smash. <laughs> I can't even think oh right. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm sure the shot didn't help either. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to listen to this and be like, I don't remember saying that at all. But we all face adversity. <laughs> and things happen. We We lose loved ones. We... We lose jobs, we lose houses, we lose relationships. We all face adversity. Most people think that their adversity is so unique to them that they're the first person that's ever gone through this. And the signs of a winner versus a loser is when you hit those speed bumps, and sometimes they're massive speed bumps. Sometimes they're, they, you hit that speed bump and it throws you completely out of the car and the car's gone. But are you getting up and moving forward? Yeah. And if you're not... You quit. Uh-huh. You gave up. You let something knock you on your ass, and you don't have enough grit or you know strength within your own person to stand up and keep pushing forward. Uh-huh. And I think that some people are like, well, that's easier said than done, and it is. But those of us that have gone through adversity and came out the other side, that's where you can reflect back and say, well, that's you know what what did they do to get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and I think that you, you could list a lot of examples. One of the things that I always always look at is, is you know, adversities that I faced from, you know, whether it was you know a loss of a parent at a young age to, um, you know, not having any money or anything to go to college to, uh, you know, a divorce to a foreclosure on a house to, you know, borderline bankruptcy and then all the things that you you face in life, the ups and downs. So many people are use that adversity as, as an excuse, excuse. Uh-huh. to not do anything. Uh-huh. And sometimes, you know, nobody's going to fight that it's it's not a good excuse. Yeah. But those of us that are winners don't look for that excuse. No. It's we look for a way out. Right. And if you aren't looking for a way out, 
that's a, that's a bad quality to have. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what that is, you know, sometimes you, you, you can face a very tough, daunting situation and you have two options. You either face it head on or you curl up in the fetal position and cry yourself to sleep and mm-hmm. hope it just goes away. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to work. Yeah. And so you, you, you have to have that resiliency to bounce back mm-hmm. and to come back. Like I said, I don't think you can really put a time on it, but at the same time, if something tragic happened 15 years ago and you're still using that as a crutch and an excuse as to why you have not made any forward progress, that is, you're, you're hurting yourself more than anybody. You're, you're stopping your own progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people, when they see, when they see somebody that you know, is, is you know, whatever you want to throw on a successful, a winner, whatever, they, they, tend to for, they tend to overlook or not know what that person had to go through to get to that point. Right. And they just, you know, assign whatever reason within their own thought process that allows them to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether they, they assume that you came from money, whether they assume that you, you were, you, you were brought up in a, in an affluent area, or mm-hmm. they assume that, you know, your parents were loaded or whatever it is. They just tend to make these assumptions based on surface issues and don't look to really what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why when we talk about this stuff, we, that's why we, we clarify that we know we're not talking necessarily about specifically about you know the person that's going through this horrible situation right mm-hmm. now. But you know, five years from now, if you look back and you're like, well, you know, so and so died in my life and I lost them and I just have not been able to recover and it's been five years, but. You know, grief and recovery takes its own time, and you haven't made any progress. Mm-hmm. That stuff, that hole may never be filled, but that doesn't mean you just hit the brakes and stop moving forward altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I guess to go kind of hand in hand with with all of that is um, one. They make up excuses for everything, mm-hmm. and they blame some. They have they have to blame something mm-hmm. on why they are in the situation then they're, that they're in and why and it could be anything they could mm. be they could blame a person they can blame a situation right but that's they always have to come up with some sort of excuse yeah and instead of taking accountability mm-hmm. for what their part was to play in it that it's always somebody else's fault like mm-hmm. you said um yeah and so those that that are always coming up with that excuse uh, or that comparative excuse. Well, so and so got what they wanted because of X, mm-hmm. or they're they're in this situation they are because of X, and I wasn't afforded that opportunity. Well, make the opportunity, mm-hmm. and that, that's what I don't I don't get with people. Mm-hmm. Of no matter what's knocked you down, no matter what's standing in your way, whether person A didn't have any obstacles in their path and they made it from point A to point B, and you have fifty obstacles, who cares? Jump over those hurdles, beat down the obstacles, and get where you need to go. That is a winner. Mm-hmm. Stopping and tripping over that first hurdle and not getting back up. Are you Sometimes you're going to trip and trip and trip and trip and trip. But are you still moving forward when you trip? Yes. Yeah. So keep pushing forward. Don't just sit back and blame somebody else's situation or their actions or inactions as the reason to why you are unsuccessful or unhappy or a loser or whatever it is that, you know, label you want to put on it. Mm-hmm. Um, use that as fuel. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing is don't quit mm-hmm. too. Don't stop until you have achieved your yeah. your goal. And I think when when you look at it from a partner perspective and you look at it in relationships where we, you know, try to stay on track with it is you know, that kind of ties into the adversity, but whenever they face something if, if somebody, you know, tries to get a promotion within a company and they get shot down. Are you just going to go home and say, well, I'm never going to try to move up again mm-hmm. because of A, B, C, D, E excuse? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say, well, I'm going to apply here, I'm going to apply there? One of the things I did in my company when I was teaching orientation to new employees was I would tell them about the internal opportunities within my company. And then I would piggyback that and I would actually show them, you know, I made, at that point, I had made three upward moves on the ladder to get to where I was at. Mm-hmm. But I would show them on my employment page of the 15 jobs I put in for to try to move up. Mm-hmm. So I got told no 12 times mm-hmm. and moved up three. Yeah. 
And if I would have stopped at number one, I would still be stuck at the first level. Right. And so it's not that, that winners beat, you know, win every single time. Mm-hmm. That's not the testament of, of a winner. And it's, it's like you said, you don't quit. You mm-hmm. don't give up. You know your self-worth and you keep pushing forward. Yeah. Uh-huh. And losers will automatically yeah. quit and yeah. and say, oh, well, it happened because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And they'll make the excuse. <laughs> and and blame, just, blame somebody else. Yeah, and just stop. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and they never, they never step out outside of their comfort zone. Yep. That's, that's another one you, you tend to see with... Um, I think I've said it before, but I, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I've told it to people that a lot of successful people and winners are willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a calculated risk, but it's a risk that takes you outside of the norm in your comfort zone. It's, you know, whether it's pursuing a new avenue of professional career, whether it's, you know, something as simple as relationships. We, we tend to see relationships in this um, kind of caveman mentality of my local network of potential suitors are within a five-mile radius of where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, truly think that their they're end-all, be-all soulmate is you know, right there, is right there mm-hmm. when sometimes you have to step outside of that comfort zone. You've got to move somewhere else. You've got to look somewhere else. You've got to you know, go out and, and put yourself out there in difficult situations or in different circumstances than you're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, because being in your comfort zone creates complacency. Mm-hmm. And, and once you get complacent, you get mediocre, you get satisfied, and then you're average or below. Yeah. Um, so you've got to step out of that comfort zone sometimes yeah, and, and try something else. Yeah. I know that's one thing that, um, that I learned so much from, from working at, uh, for a dating service when I, I worked for a dating service and I would have to cold call people and ask them basically if they're interested in my dating service. Mm-hmm. And so many people just... I would have to convince them, you know, you need to step outside of your comfort zone. Right. Or or they were in a relationship and and they're like, oh, no, well, I'm in a relationship and I've been in it for 10 years or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> where, are where are you going? Are you yeah, married? where are you going yeah. with this? And it's funny how that little that little job with the dating service taught me so much about even... Just the stuff that we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, and just life. Right. And to step outside of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. it was, that's, I mean, I learned that a lot when, when I worked there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I guess another quality or whatever. Characteristic. Characteristic would be a, a weak person. Yep. We and I that kind of ties into the resiliency stuff uh-huh. we've talked about, but I mean it all ties in together, yeah, it all does. of it. Uh huh. Um, geez, I got hiccups now. The uh, yeah, but the weak the weak people. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm continually amazed at how uh, weak people can be um, for various different reasons. I don't really want to get into specifics with it, but. Yeah, I, I don't really know exactly what to expand on that outside of the outside of the resiliency phase, but um, it, you know, it, it kind of, I think it just really ties into the you know, you're a quitter, you give up, you mm-hmm. um, you know, you're the one that crawls into that fetal position, and uh, a lot of it is is just your your mental fortitude is so shot mm-hmm. that you don't even know how to convince yourself to be strong, mm-hmm. um, and I think that sometimes not not to take away from deep-rooted issues that people may be going through and discount those. And, and I don't want people to say, like, well, Seth is saying that anybody that's had any mental anguish is a loser, and that's not what I'm saying. Um, but those that, that just continually have that weak-willed behavior, you know, you're not going to win at life mm-hmm. by being weak. Um, and it's not that you have to be a bully and overpowering and step on the little people and move up. But you have to be strong enough to not, A, not let those bullies do that to you, mm-hmm. but B, realize that self-perseverance sometimes is the best course of action, especially when you look professionally, mm-hmm. and, and what you need to do to you know, make the best life and situation for you instead of just being weak and 
you know, easily beat down and pushed aside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be be a strong individual. Be be assertive. Be you know, it's, it'd be confident. It's okay to take control of situations that you mm-hmm. feel that you can control. Um, you know, you you look at you know people that are leaders that are natural born leaders and people that have learned how to take their own uh, downfalls and do some really good self evaluation and and be able to change their their mannerisms and and how they are and some of their pro- thought processes to make themselves a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and weak people just always need direction. They always need people to do things for them. They always need people to tell them what to do. They always need that reassurance. They always need people to egg them on and, and promote them in every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't have a lot of self-drive and motivation to... Self-drive and motivation. They And with all of that, they don't have the self-confidence yeah. to, to be, I don't know, a, I don't even know, a better... Yeah them mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh, and a lot of a lot of weak people a lot of well losers they they'll always have some sort of self um sense of entitlement yeah mm-hmm. they they feel that they they deserve or are owed something and mm-hmm. i think that especially in today's culture and, and I, I i i haven't really had a conversation with somebody that has this huge generation gap upwards of me but i would like to know what you know people in their do people in their 70s or 80s feel that you know people in their 40s and 50s felt entitled mm-hmm. or is that just something that every generation goes through where we think that the younger generation has this sense of entitlement um but i think that from from my perspective in life now and i don't know if it's just because of what we're exposed to where we see it so much mm-hmm. this is a overwhelmingly um, massive characteristic mm-hmm. in in a lot of people today that they feel that because of of what, and I, I'm, I don't want to get political with it, but for whatever reason they are entitled something over somebody else mm-hmm. um, without having to work for it, without having to put forth the effort, without having to be the best person for whatever it is. They just feel that they should have it just because, mm-hmm. or that they feel that the the adversities and obstacles that they faced were more than somebody else did. And because of that, they should just get something mm-hmm. without having to go through the proper steps of getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we, we see this in, in, in people that I know that, you know, whether it's, you know, oh, there's an open position at work and it's going to be a promotion and they'll give it to me because I've been there for X amount of years and then not, <laughs> you don't apply for it. You don't, update your resume you don't I, I had you know somebody at one of my jobs that uh, when I was moving on they just assumed that they were going to be the next one in line to get that position mm-hmm. and they didn't update their resume they didn't update their qualifications they didn't bring anything to the table that actually showed they should be the best person for the job except I've been here longer than everybody else mm-hmm. and longevity does not mean expertise yeah and we've said that about relationships right too yeah yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't mean you know exactly what you're doing just because you've been doing it forever Uh and they were sorely disappointed when they were the lowest candidate of choice because they didn't bring anything else to the table and they they felt that this this sense of loyalty that they felt they had for the company should overshadow everything else and then in reality when, when they use it well i've been loyal to this company it's like well have you been loyal or have you just been lazy and you haven't looked for another job anywhere mm-hmm. and you've just been collecting a paycheck staying here it's not that you've been loyal mm-hmm. you've just been lazy mm-hmm. uh, because you haven't made any self-improvement you haven't made any professional improvement you haven't done anything else that says you're the best candidate qualified for this mm-hmm. and then they found a reason multiple reasons as to Instead of saying all the things I just listed, well, I should have updated my resume, I should have done this, I should have done that, they came up with 150 reasons as to why the other person must have got it over there. Yeah, I that know. That had nothing to do with their own shortcomings. Uh-huh. And self-reflection sucks sometimes. It does. And a lot of people haven't been professionally in, in, in careers or jobs where they have to do self-evaluations, where you have to look at what you're not bringing to the table and what you need to improve upon and what you need to establish and build upon and doing that is a painful process because you come face to face with the reality of man i'm not as good at this as i thought i was or i'm i'm i have a gap in 
my expertise or what I'm bringing to the table. And I think it's the same thing for relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've talked about it in previous episodes. You need to evaluate what you're doing. What If you think you're so special, give me five things that make you special that are unique, mm-hmm. not cliche. Yeah, yeah not, we've you, said that I'm, I'm hardworking, loyal, yeah, there, there respectful. I mean, you, you, that's so what? So is everybody. Uh-huh. So uniqueness, I mean, all that stuff combined. Uh-huh. Um, I think... <laughs> uh, one really one really big thing that that losers do is they they live in the past and they they they're like Uncle Rico and back in my day you know I I did this and this I was a starting quarterback and threw the winning touchdown yeah yeah Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite if nobody knows what <laughs> oh, we're talking about oh yeah sorry about. um <laughs> Yeah, that's. This is a tough one, and it sounds pretty harsh, but it, I'm exposed to that all the time with um, people I served in the military with. That if, if if you if you're, and I'm not talking about those of you that are now. I don't even know if people this age group listen, but those of you that are of retirement age and you have accomplished everything that you set out for in life, and now you're enjoying life sitting on the beach and you're reflecting back. On your days. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about those people that are middle-aged or younger, mm-hmm. that their glory days happened 20 years ago, and they won't seem to move on past that. Mm-hmm. Um, people that are stuck in the past and people that are hell-bent on proving their self-worth now based on what accomplishment they did 20 years ago. <laughs> is pointless. Yeah, you, you, you. That is a big loser quality, and even something that they they wouldn't even be able to put on their resume. Yeah, too. You right. know. Yeah, it, it's good to have accomplishments from yeah. from your past, of course, but but you shouldn't stop there. Yeah, I mean, keep you, going. Sh- you should be looking forward to what other accomplishments you're going to do. Not because if you keep looking back at that accomplishment you made back in 1995, mm-hmm. you know, we're now. I can't even do math. 23 years past that, <laughs> and you're still referring to that, and you're going to be referring to that 10 years from now. Uh-huh. I mean, at what point are you going to make new contributions and new accomplishments? Uh-huh. And it doesn't take away from what you've done in the past, but you can't continually fall on that to either make excuses or justify why you're doing what we're, what you're doing now. I mean, uh-huh. I, I know people that, you know, their glory days, and, and once again, I, I, I probably sound very insensitive, and I am a veteran, and I'm proud of my service, and... I'm glad I serve my country, but I see a lot of people that continually refer back to, you know, mediocre accomplishments that they made within that spectrum, and that's what they're tied to for the rest of their life. And I will always be a veteran. I will always be, you know, a sailor, no matter what I do or what I say or or where I go. And that's not what I'm trying to take away from. But I look at my accomplishments that I've made since then, Mm -hmm. and those are things that you know, that's what you know goes on my resume. That's what I focus on. And, and not just what I've done last year or the year before, but what I'm going to do next year. Mm-hmm. You, you get into cruise control and cruise mode whenever you just are like, well, I've already done everything mm-hmm. that I wanted to do and I'm moving forward. And once again, I'm not talking about those of you that have you know, completed your life journey and now you're, you know, enjoying your golden years and reflecting back, but those that just stop moving forward because they felt that they've contributed enough. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know it's a sign of laziness yeah i know um and so i guess as we were getting ready for the episode we were we were just kind of thinking also about well what do you do if you are with the loser mm-hmm. or what what do you do if you are the loser <laughs> <laughs> and um so one of the a big thing that I really went through when when I was with my ex is I made excuses for him mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, it was from it, it sucked because I, I've said in a previous episode he he didn't want to go with me to family events or anything like that. And I remember pretty early on, which this I guess should have been a a red flag then, which I was young and stupid but him buying me drugs mm. for my birthday 
<laughs> and it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? Like, how am I supposed to tell my parents yeah. oh, my what you got, got me, me for my birthday? Got me drugs for my birthday. Yeah. How? <laughs> that is, it was, it, obviously, yeah, that's not a winner quality. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, I mean, I had to make something up to tell my parents and whoever else asked me what he got me for my birthday. I don't right. remember what I ended up saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. But stuff like that would happen all the time. That I would have to make an excuse for him. Mm-hmm. And just don't. If you find yourself having to make excuses for for your partner, mm-hmm. stop and... And, and let them know. You uh-huh. know. I'm not making excuses for you anymore. Mm-hmm. You've made... This decision, and you've had, you know, you've had these actions, and I've had to excuse that behavior or make excuses for it, and I'm not doing that anymore, and you need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, that's that's a big one <laughs> for me. And if you if you do find yourself with with a loser, encourage them to do better mm-hmm. and better themselves and their life and their situation and. And hopefully it will better your overall situation and relationship. Yeah. It, you know, and it's it, it's not that you need to throw them by the wayside if they're having, you know, a few of these qualities or things like that. Because I think that they can still turn it around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's great success stories out there of people that were headed down the wrong path and, and realized that after that self-evaluation or that hitting bottom or whatever it was... That they turn around, but I think encouragement is, is huge mm-hmm. as far as I know we, we, we typically kind of have the, the same running theme that oh, if it's that bad, just get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you know on occasion there are some things that, that are fixable, that, that it's something that you know if you if you need to look back and say, Well, I did everything I could to salvage this relationship or help them out, a part of that is being encouraging. And I think that even a simple example is if you have that that loser partner that you know, that has all those characteristics we've talked about. They aren't trying to better the situation. They have no drive. They have no ambition. A simple question like, where do you see us in five years mm-hmm. is a good place to start because you find out a lot of times, especially with guys, they haven't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Are we going to be doing the same thing we're doing now? Because that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And if the answer is, well, I figure we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have a house on our own. We'll I'll be making, you know, 80,000 a year and we'll have a kid. Okay, well what are you doing to get to to get there? Uh-huh. Because, you know, sitting at home in mommy's basement doing nothing all the time isn't getting you there. Mm-hmm. So what steps are you actively taking? And I think that encouragement piece needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um and part of it's just having the conversation. Yeah. Well, what did you do today to to work towards your goal, or or so I know that sounds kind of corny. But, yeah, that does sound very yeah. corny. <laughs> but I mean, those those kind of checkpoints are important, and mm-hmm. I think that even short term goals. And it's like, well, if you've got a crappy job and you've hated it and you complain about it all the time, your short term goal the next month is you should put in one application a week for a new position. Yeah, you start small if you have to. Well, one thing that so and I. And we talked about it too before, where you you said, you know, do you think that you did everything that you could? I could. Mm-hmm. When I asked you that, yeah, yeah. Um, in my previous relationship, and you know, with encouragement and all that, and I did, mm-hmm. I I did do, I did encourage him, I did, but I think that <laughs> there there's probably there's a fine line between <clears throat> encouragement and doing it for the person too, right. Well, you said before that you you filled out his job applications, applications and, and stuff like that. Yeah, and they need to put forth some sort of effort as well, yeah. not just you. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just be careful with that too. Right. Yeah, and I think that that brings up a really good point. Those people that are people that are complacent and don't want to move forward, they they don't want change, they don't want it to happen, and so their mentality is. Well, I'm fine the way things aren't. If you aren't, then you do what you need to do to make it better. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put me in for that job, that's fine. If you want to you know, look for a better place to live, I'll move with you, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. if they aren't contributing into that, that is a completely one-sided relationship, and you're doing all the work, and mm-hmm. you need to get out of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or fix it. Right. I always, say, I, I always go to the get out of there. 
I guess I need well, <laughs> and it's it, but it's hard because I mean we we said in the beginning that you shouldn't have to try to fix it, <laughs> fix someone. You don't want right. to get into a yeah. relationship with a fixer upper, right? But I guess if you find yourself in the situation, yes, of course, try mm-hmm. and do everything that you that you can, yeah, your ability to do. To, to try to help them, not but, fix it. But you need to recognize when it's time to cut your losses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is evident in how it's affecting your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things with being, you know, undriven and, you know, unaccountable and demotivated and having these, you know, quote unquote loser qualities is it tends to be partially contagious. You can take somebody that's very driven, that's very focused, that has life goals, and put them with a partner, and that person sucks them down. Mm-hmm. And then before they know it, they're like, what the heck? I'm not on the path I wanted to be on. I've let myself go mentally, physically, career-wise. I'm just eking by. Mm-hmm. I was not like this. I had great ambitions and, and drive and intentions yeah. and goals, and they're well, all that's gone. that's how Why? I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. That was, that's pretty much my freaking story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I, I wasn't, and, and, and getting ready for the episode and trying to self-reflect mm-hmm. as well, as always, we, we try to, right. you know, I guess, Draw look at our, personal yeah, our experiences yeah. and looking back at my old relationship and I, and just like, and being like, well, I know, I know he was a loser. And even, even saying that now, it's like. It still seems harsh to me. Yeah, to label somebody like yeah. that. Yeah, and then, but then even more thinking about myself, like how that well, affected you. Was I a loser? To I, I, I guess I was a loser too. Yeah, and that was really a hard, yeah, hard, <laughs> a pill hard to pill to swallow, yeah. big time mm-hmm. with all that. And and you're right. It, it people that are losers, they tend to gravitate towards other losers. Yeah, and when you're with your when you're with somebody that is a winner they bring out all of the best qualities in mm-hmm. you yeah and well at least you you'd hope that they that you get well, to bring them out of yeah and it should be equal it should uh-huh. be both con- contributing and some of that goes back to the you know what you have in common and, and things like that and and what you should bring to the table mm-hmm. and if you're aware of that and you're you know cognizant of what people are bringing the table what you bring to the table what you're looking for in a partner most of this gets alleviated the problem is is we we tend to think with our heart which can be irrational at times mm-hmm. and we we continue to sacrifice beyond a reasonable point of sacrifice out of out of guilt out of and you've talked about it before that getting out of that relationship there was a sense of guilt of well what happens if he does x mm-hmm. because of this and you know he only had me, and he, you know, we, we've known friends and, and, and people that we've been close to that have had to leave toxic relationships, and that guilt kind of travels with you for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a hard thing to, to come over, and, and I think that we tend to spin it where it's actually more courageous to take on that guilt head on and tackle it and move forward than it is to let that be the excuse as to why you didn't leave in the yeah. first place. It, but what we do is we tend to keep giving this sob story of, well, I'm sacrificing. I'm not moving on with my life because I care for them so much. When in reality, you're really taking the easy way out by staying. You're you're taking the easy way out and pretty much enabling them to yeah. still stay the way that they are. You, you aren't they helping are. that person. Mm-hmm. And what you like to think is if you have put in all your effort, if you care about this person and you've tried to salvage a relationship and you've tried to, you know, help them out and encourage them and all the things that we've talked about. Unfortunately, sometimes people have to hit complete rock bottom before they realize what they've done. Mm-hmm. And what you fantasize and you hope happens is once you've severed that, they look back and they're like, oh my gosh, I ruined this. Mm-hmm. I had this piece to play in this puzzle and I screwed the pooch, and I ruined this relationship, and I could have done A, B, C, D, and E differently, and I've learned from those mistakes. In my next relationship, I'm going to make sure I do do that. Yeah. Well, what's that um, That one song by uh, 
Bruno Mars? Yeah, Bruno that Mars. I should have bought her flowers. Yes, thing. that. That yeah. <laughs> you really look at, you know, yeah, that look type at, of situation. Look at what you did and didn't do uh-huh. that led down that path. And and you like to hope and think that if you've had to sever that relationship with someone, that they did bounce back, that they did understand and realize the mistakes they made. And while your situation may have improved, hopefully theirs did as well. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately, so many people don't learn from their mistakes mm-hmm. that that's, that's not the happy ending that, that you would want. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to release yourself of the guilt that you carry around whenever you've had to make that decision or you're contemplating that decision. Um, because that, that, that's a powerful thing. It's, you know, most of these qualities and the situations these people are in are self-induced. And they are in control of it. No matter, once again, no matter what the adversity, no matter what that speed bump is, they choose to react to that situation on their own. Mm-hmm. And the choices they make are completely reflective of the life that they currently lead. Mm-hmm. And it's never too late for them to fix it. No. It's never too late to stop. It's never too late to pick yourself up and keep moving forward. Um, but, but do just that. Yeah. Keep moving keep forward. Keep moving forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, I guess <laughs> if you're... If you're with a loser or if you are a loser, just try to to better your situation and and do the things like step stepping out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and apply f- uh, apply for that job. I think I've said that you know several yeah. times. And Take the risk. Yes. Jump just, back in. Yeah. No risk, no reward. So yeah. just freaking do it, <laughs> and don't be stuck in. Someday I'll. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and learn, learn from the mistakes you made. Mm-hmm. Learn from what you did wrong and don't do them again. Yeah. And understand and recognize that those, those experiences and those stepping stones and learning blocks are going to enable you to shape what you become, mm-hmm. not the reason as to why you didn't become what you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and quit making excuses for yourself. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and if you're with that person, put forth the effort, do the stuff that, you know, we've talked about, uh-huh. encourage them, reflect on the relationship. But once again, have, have the, the awareness of, of, you know, when to cut your losses. And, mm-hmm. and once, once your life and your well-being and your, your mental and physical health start to suffer from it, that's a pretty good sign that this is toxic and I've put everything I have into it and it's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully you realize, yeah. you end up realizing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not too late. Yep. Um, so next week we're going to be talking about wedding rings. Yep. Um, what, what we feel is the importance of wedding rings. Mm-hmm. and Wearing it, not mm-hmm. wearing it, mm-hmm. when to wear it, when to not wear it. And so we'll have some polls and articles, articles and this week talking about kind of both sides of the argument. Um, uh-huh. So we'll bring our our perspective and, and of course our opinion <laughs> on that next week. Uh-huh. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, um, subscribe to our YouTube and iTunes. Are we on Google play? And Google play. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks. <laughs>